If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. This is our 2023 US Open Research podcast, episode 263. Barry O'Hanran and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss this year's third major from Beverly Hills, Los Angeles. Good morning, gents. Morning, chaps. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more info. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have unique major championship performance stats. I'm going to be going through some of them later. A US Open research piece, both available from the homepage. My in depth betting preview, plus our usual plethora of major championship stats and content, will be available from Monday, the 12th of June. Golf betting system on your search bar. Right, we're available on Twitter. Barry's at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. That'll be out on Monday. Now, you guys as uh, listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. This particular review is from AGT123. Top-notch pod, five stars. I'm new to the show and enjoy it very much. It's first-rate betting analysis. There you go. That's from AGT. Lovely stuff. Perfect. Nice and precise. Thank you very much. We're almost on those 400 five-star reviews on Spotify. We've we jumped from last week's show. So, again, if you're listening on Spotify, all you got to do is press the five-star button. It's that simple. Um, we are a little short on reviews. So, if you fancy getting your review actually read out for our US Open tip show next Tuesday, get your review in quick. You've got a great chance. Right, I'm really looking forward to this, chaps. There's no mention of live. There's no mention of the PGA Tour. There's no mention of the word merger. Off limits. Let's talk US Open. You know, golf does continue, and it should be an absolute corker this week. It's a bit. Of, it's one of these majors that's a bit steeped in mystery because not many people know much about this host venue, the Los Angeles Country Club. The amount of stuff I found out about is pretty crazy, really. They've got the Playboy Mansion next door. Lionel Richie's house, apparently, um, adjoins the property as well. Yeah, it's alongside the fourth, isn't it? Perhaps he'll just oh, pop you over... you more the... detail than I do. <laughs> Perhaps he'll just pop his head over the fence to say hello. Hello. <laughs> um. Is it me? Maybe he'll be waving at Rory, going hello, yeah, over the over the fence. Do you know the best thing, Barry? T- tell the listeners where you are at the moment and what you're doing. 
Uh, I'm out in the annual trip to the west coast of Ireland to play the Irish PGA Pro-Am in Carn. So got down here a few days early for a bit of acclimatization to a very browned out, crispy and fast golf course. Mm. Those are the words is, I was um, looking at. Crispy and browned so, out. So good. Uh, Weather is perfect. Kind of early 20s. Typical Lynx wind, anywhere between one and five club winds, depending on the, you know, what hole you're playing. Uh, it's um, it's my happy spot. Yeah, it's amazing. Couldn't recommend this place enough. Mm. Loads of um, loads of groups here this week from America, UK. Plenty of tour buses, so place is very busy. It's um, the word is spreading. The pictures you sent yesterday certainly looked uh, looked stunning. How's your golf been? Golf is good. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but yeah, I'm hitting it in a satisfactory way and hopefully that continues. Maybe hit a few, you know, minimize the bad shots even more. Uh, but, you know, the important thing is just here with my mates and just want to go out and have a good time. This That's is what the listeners have tuned in for, for this US <laughs> Open Research podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Barry's, exactly. uh, pie on the West Coast. Now, the reason I asked you is there was an actual segue angle there because I've got a feeling, you know, that the North Course at Los, An- Los Angeles Country Club is actually going to be a little bit spicy next week. This Hope course so. is going to be different to pretty much everything we've seen in modern major championship history, I reckon. It's a beast, mate. It's an absolute beaut. North Course, um, designed by George Thomas with a little bit of William Bell input in 1928. Now, George Thomas, his masterpiece that will get referred to a hell of a lot is Riviera Country Club, where we see Tigers Tournament each and every year. I was talking to Andy Lack about this on the Inside Golf podcast um, this week, and we didn't see any real links course-wise between the two, just the way that they play. The one thing I will say is, though, that this course does start with an easy par five, which is exactly what the Riviera does as well, and then yep. it's um, not so easy after that. Um, Gil Hans, or Gil Hans, with Jim Wagner and Jeff Shackelford pulled a restoration here together in 2010, and it's an absolute beaut, I have to say. I'm classifying it as a classical old-style golf course. It's going to be definitely technical in terms of its scoring. Your ubiquitous five to seven under will win this, I reckon. It's also long. And when I say long, it's a par 70. And it features, yeah, the the, the numbers I counted on the US Open website fly over 7,423 yards. There is a whole host of different tee boxes here, though. And the way the course was designed by Thomas ultimately wasn't really a situation where the tee box changes for uh, what they want to do with the length of the hole. It's more to do with where the pin is cut, and this course is all about angle. So they'll change pin, uh, they'll change tee boxes for where holes are cut on green complexes. It's a real work of art, it has to be said. Um, Holes with water hazards. This is a rarity. Zero. Water is not in play at all. 
and this again is very very unique we're on the west coast of america and when and when listeners listen to us west coast golf you know january february every year poana 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 no 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 not here tiffway bermuda grass fairways the rough is bandera bermuda grass with fescue and buffalo grass three to five inches in length the greens pure bent no power on this course whatsoever so Bermuda grass to the aprons and then bent grass on the greens. And this course is going to be firm as you like. Or firm as the USGA want it. I've just looked at the weather. There hasn't been any rain here for three weeks prior to. Maybe, maybe two and a half. And... There is no rain in the forecast whatsoever mm. moving forward. Gives them complete. There you go. There's, sorry, it? there's been no significant rain since the 19th of May mm. on the golf course. I think, I think Barry's got a semi erection already, mate. Just thinking about this golf. <laughs> this is right up your street, Bazza. It's just more entertaining when the ball's running. Just brings in more and more things for the players to deal with. Yeah, we we won't talk about the Open Championship next month as well because that, that's already looking nice and browned out from those bit those tweets Paddy Harrington was putting on there playing there this week up in Southport. Uh, not Southport. What am I talking about? Up in um, uh, Hoylake. I think it's going to be a very. This is going to be a completely different test to what we saw at Oak Hill um, a few weeks ago. It's just a. It's just an. It's just an amazingly unique golf course. It really is. It's. It's. How do I put it? It's basically. Plotted by the Baranka. Baranka is a term I never. I don't know if it's an American or Californian term. Baranka, but yeah. there's lots of gorges on this golf course. Natural gorges, sandy areas, and they've just been utilised across the whole golf course. In a strange kind of way, it reminds me just a tad, just a tad, of where they played the 2015 U.S. Open. Down, down in um, Pinehurst number two. It's got that kind of sandy, old-style feel to it. But this golf course, that's the only thing that links to, to Pinehurst number two because this golf course has got tons and tons and tons of elevation changes as well. The topography of this golf course is immense. Yeah. It, I said this to Andy Lag. I almost think if you, if you took away all of the trees uh, at... Um, Augusta National, stripped it all back, and you could then see the genuine topography of that golf course. This is kind of similar. Lots of raised tee boxes downhill, down to downhill drives that then go up to greens at the end and, and vice versa. You've also got extreme canters on a load of these fairways. Six, six of the fairways have got extreme cantering, either left to right, right to left. It's crazy, really. The the short par four, uh, par four six, probably my favourite. Where you drive from, you can't even see the green, and it's drivable green, but it's hidden behind trees. 
So you can either trust the fact that your cat is telling you you've got, to aim, you've got to aim for that middle tree there, go over the top of it, and it's kind of three hundred five, you know, 295 to the front of the green, or you just play your, your standard 180, 200-yard five or five iron down the hill, and then you've got a 80, you know, I don't know, like a 50-yard chip into the green from there, up a hill. Have you got any views on the course from what you've seen, chaps? What you've dug into? Yeah, I, I think in terms of your summary, yeah, I think you're you're right. It is, yeah, it it looks very much like a kind of an old style classical course, doesn't it? The fairways um, seem quite cambered in areas as well, so that's going to cause challenges for. Um, yeah, I use the word canted. I suppose you could use the word cambered. Yeah, they're, they're the same. Aren't they? A lot of cambered fairways, yeah. Six um, I counted. Yeah. Um, now, it, it looks wide, but I, I wonder how narrow they will make it for for the US Open because historically, well, I guess we've seen different kind of courses used, haven't we? You know, we've seen the kind of Chambers Bay, which was wide and deliberately wide. They, they've got the scope to... To narrow this in to to make the uh, you know, the penalty for missing the fairways uh, you know more 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 penal more stringent from off the tee. So um, we'll see, see exactly how narrow that is. I don't. Have you got a definitive uh, fairway width? For this I haven't. Year? But I, uh, this I, I I haven't heard that they have they have pinched some of the fairways on some of the easier holes. But then on the more difficult holes, they've left them nice and wide. Mm. They've been quite clever about this. Here's my breakdown, right? So extreme topo- topography with elevation changes on a course that is set on a hillside. Course runs through the bottom of, across the top of, and traverses a natural valley. Barranca filled with tall grass and sand, deliberately, often dissect holes or front green complexes. Now this Barranca, this golf course, not only do you have to keep out of the rough, but you've also got to stay from this sandy Barranca stuff that also includes big rock faces and God knows what. Mm. So, yeah, uh, yeah, not good. Uh, I'm not seeing too much thick rough around the greens. There is some, especially where steep banks surround greens. So unlike um, Oak Hill in that respect, wayward shots fall back off elevated putting surfaces into large collection areas of the fairway or the fairway um tall fescue around old style deep bunkers that look very gnarly very distinct design overall they don't look as steep faced as those at oak hill but there is a definite kind of merian us open feel to the bunkers so what you've got is you've almost got on a lot of the lips of these bunkers that are very weirdly wavily kind of shaped that the grass above them is actually encroaching kind of over the top of the bunker towards it, which makes it even more difficult to get out of because the lip of the actual bunker is covered by this grass. It kind of curls underneath. It's yep. They're very distinct punishing bunkers. And again, if you're hitting your ball into bunkers, fairway bunkers, you've got real penalties here. Mm-hmm. But in terms, here you go, here's a great example. The 13th is a 507-yard par 4. Now, Jeff Shackelford on um, Andy Johnson's YouTube show said that this will be the toughest hole on the course. It features a 75 to 80-yard wide fairway. Okay? 
But you have to hit it into a 20-yard slot up the left side of the fairway. Because otherwise, if you're not on that spot, bearing in mind all of the camber takes the ball from left to right on the fairway, you can't see the green on your approach. Yeah. So this is what you're getting. You're getting a lot of this using you know using angle you've got to play the angle of the golf course you've got to be very precise about fighting the camber of the fairway to then have an approach that works for you because otherwise you've got this horribly blind approach either off a very downhill lie on this 75 to 80 yard fairway or it's taking you into that three to five inch thick rough at the bottom of the fairway Mm. now the way you've described it um You'd kind of expect this setup to be on a relatively short course, but it, it isn't, is it? It's on a no. 7,400 yard par 70. So players aren't going to be able to club down to um, to find the right spots in these fairways or to, to play the strategic game. They're going to have to take driver. So players that are or excel from off the tee um, is kind of you know my initial leaning with uh, just just having eyeballed the course and the you know the, the the likely setup and the way way it should play um you know you're going to need to drive well i think um and it needs to be with the big stick it's it's unlikely to be with a you know a, a long iron or a or a wood it's a par 70 but it features three par 5s and five par 3s mm. So, you know, you're thinking, mm, three par fives, that could be attackable. Well, yeah, the first one, that easy hole, 595. Yeah, they, they're basically giving you a birdie or maybe even an eagle there. Um, the eighth isn't the longest either, but the uh, there's one on the back side, 623. You're not reaching that. The, the thing I've kind of worked out, you're going to get some extreme run on these fairways as well. And like you said, Paul, if you're having to take driver on a lot of them, you can see easily here on some of these holes, 340, 350, 360 yard drives mm. from some of these boys. Uh, the path threes as well, you're going to hear a lot about them, especially the one that's the 11th is 290 yards and uh, par three. Good luck with that. <laughs> and you've also got a 284 yard par three on the front and a 228 par three on the front. That's crazy, isn't it? 284 and 290. <laughs> I know the, topogra- the topography of the land actually takes the balls towards the green, apparently, on both of those, but even so. Yeah, the, the 11th is slightly down here. I, I read originally that it could pull out to 306 yards for a par three, which is mad, isn't it? But I think, yeah, as you said, it's it's playing shy- slightly shorter at 290. So that's a, that's a good um, what five iron wedge for me, I think. When I work through the distances uh, on the satellite vi- visuals and whatever, and you know, I'm guesstimating, estimating some of these some of these holes. You're going to have players that try and drive the green. Some are just going to lay up. You're going to get some guys that literally go for it on the long par five on the back. Others will just lay up. So it's difficult. But to me, there's a redundant area between about 175 to 200 where there's not many approach shots. So you're going to have, you're going to have, I don't know, six, seven wedges in hand, and you're going to get these six holes. I guesstimated 200 plus, with two of them being 250 plus. 
So you're literally having to use the whole range of your bag here mm. on just your approaches. It isn't like, you know, certainly not this week where it's a bit of a wedge fest. It's, uh, it's a proper, proper test, this. As you would expect, it's a US Open, isn't it? But I just like I just like this feel that they're going to let these fairways run. I get the feeling because it's going to be you know we're we're in this ubiquitous kind of position now, aren't we? We've got consistency on the majors where anything from five under to eight under wins both. You know it wins either the U.S. Open or the PGA Championship over the last three to four yep. years. I don't see this being any different. There, I can't see them going anywhere near letting these greens go. Just because there'd be far too many complaints. Yeah. So I think what you're going to get is lovely, firm, fast conditions right up until those greens, and those greens are going to be looked after Thursday and Friday, so some scoring can be done, and then they might they'll just let them ease off and get just a you know just a little bit firm, just a little bit tasty on the Saturday and the Sunday. What do you reckon? Thirteen on the stem, something like that. Not not yeah. quite. Uh... Uh, Augusta standard but uh, not far off I don't think I think they can do what they want really that's mm. the beauty of this place Baron any thoughts <clears throat> I've been looking at lots of videos reading about the the course and trying to figure out in my head what kind of course comparisons I can you know, put it up against to try help understand what kind of skill sets and players are looking for. And I, I've really struggled. It's, it's almost like this course design and where it is as a microclimate, and yeah. you know, finding something similar to it elsewhere in the world is difficult, or at least as far as my knowledge stretches. And so, I kind of feel a little bit blind blinded in a way um which is really exciting you know it's just it's it's all new anyway to to what my eyes um and experience are or have um uh, so that's great uh it also makes me doubt every pick i'm gonna make <laughs> but uh that's part of the fun i mean i think the interesting thing it, it feels like you really need to be hitting um lot of accuracy with your driver and yeah. the way the greens are and where they can you know put pins into different sections the shorter the club you're going in with the better um fairways being wide but the course running fast reduces the effective width of the fairways to quite narrow windows and channels when you're getting the ball out there over 300 yards which will be quite a regular feature next week so yeah i think um some real control over the driver mm. will be uh, a huge weapon. And then, you know, that unlocks the ability to to go after scoring. And, mm. you know, you could see somebody hit a hot run of five, six holes where they, they, they run off a few birdies and then, oh, yeah. then Agreed, they hit, yeah. hit a, trou- a trouble spot later on where one or two bad holes could completely undo that good work. So... Um, the Baranka is far more involved on the front nine and Gil Hans said in one of these videos I watched he said that that is where you're going to this is going to be different to Oak Hill because Oak Hill was again it was paper cuts you hit it in the rough you make bogey that's what we saw wasn't it 
Hit mm. it in the rough, make bogey. Occasionally, people were making doubles. Here, with this Baranka and this intense, um, so, you know, the, the holes and, the, and what surrounds these holes in terms of hazards, you're going to see doubles and triples, big style. So you make big you make mistakes here. You, you're going to pay for it far more on the front nine than you will on the back nine. Back nine's a lot more open, a bit flatter, if anything. But I think you're going to get you're going to get some players that can dissect this course and score okay on it, and you're going to get others that just literally, completely shoot eighty three. Uh. <laughs> You're going to get a big differential on the leaderboard, I think, where the yeah. PGA was literally a thousand paper cuts in terms of bogeys. But the scoring wasn't spread out in the PGA either. No, I think you're right. You'll get a wider variety Definitely. from top to bottom. Yeah, there's doubles and triples on the front on this front nine. Believe me, it's going to require an awful lot of patience because you make a mistake. Your first instinct is, "How do I undo this immediately?" And can I do that in one in the next very next shot? Mm. Um, and it'll be resisting that temptation at certain points to to not try take on that massive recovery and limit your problem to a bogey only. Yep. In modern golfing parlance, you're talking Scotty Scheffler, Brooks Kepka, and Victor Hovland, aren't you? Well, the guys you can minimising those a, errors when you make them. Well, yeah, and the guys who mm. can shake off a bad hole, um, put it straight mm. out of their mind and move on. And as Barry said, not go and chase a birdie on the next hole just to try and even things oh, up. The old bounce back ability percentage isn't really your PGA Tour bounce back ability percentage isn't really going to be a factor here, is it? Because if you if you're going to try and bounce back on the next hole, you might be making another triple. Yeah, yeah. You, you might bide your time for three or four holes until you get that chance and then take, then then try and take it rather than mm. force the issue. Yeah, get that. I do get that. Just for um, design uh, design followers out there, I know that there are plenty that like to know um, Gil Hans designs. There you go. Here's a list. Arolamink, 2019 BMW Championship. Plainfield Country Club, where they played the Barclays in 2011-2015. Ridgewood Country Club, the Barclays, Northern Trust, 2010, 2014, and 2018. Southern Hills, where they played the 2022 PJ Championship. I can see a tiny bit of Southern Hills in this. The, the way that a lot of these greens don't feature thick rough, they actually feature kind of domed putting surfaces where your ball's just going to eject 30, 40 yards downhill. That was kind of Southern Hillsy. Uh, Country Club of Brookline, 2022 US Open. Trump National Doral. They used to have the old WGC there, back down in Miami. And also TPC Boston, where they used to play the Deutsche, the Dell Technologies Championship, and the 2020 Northern Trust. Also Winged Foot, 2020 US Open. Now I've got a list here from our predictor model, Paul, our fantastic brand new predictor model. I've gone into the raw data and I've got a list here of the top 10 players on Gil Hans courses or renovations over the five years. Do you want a list of them? Go on. There's a big, long tie for 10th. Harris English, Tommy Fleetwood, Billy Horshaw, Justin Rose, Zander, Cam Smith. Tie for 8th. Hideki Matsuama, Scotty Scheffler. 
Tie for sixth. Keegan Bradley, now on the post-it note of doom. Tony Finau. Four. There's a tie, believe it or not. Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy. Three. JT. Won't be backing him. Two. Matt Fitzpatrick. Makes sense. Just one at Brookline. Number one. And this guy is well clear of the rest. And I mean well clear in terms of points. Some of you might know, because I've read out some of the courses he's won out in the past. Bryson DeChambeau, number one. Mm. Yeah, that winged foot victory will have uh, winged knocked foot. him a few points. Also, also a winner in Boston, I believe. Also a winner of that, uh, that Ridgewood Country mm. Club in 2018. Does like a Gil Hans renovation, does um, Bryson. Mm. There you go. There's a list. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, actually. I'm not sure it really helps. It's just listing all the players you've got to try and dissect. Him. No mention of John Rahm in there, which is slightly interesting. You play a lot of these courses, and Rahm isn't in that in that top ten at yeah. all. Yeah, it's had it's had plenty of opportunities on the. Uh, yeah, on the, on the played courses, a lot of these hands courses over the years, mm. especially in that rolling five year feature there. I've got a list here of similar courses, but what I thought, I, I thought that as Barry said, I don't think there's anything that's. I think that you can take little sections from Merriam, bunkering for sure, and a lot of the green complexes. Um, this is way out there, but the 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 the, the difficult walk nature of this course, it's going to be a you know it's going to be a hard walk for the caddies. You're going to hear that quite a lot. And the wide fairways, Kapalua. Now, clearly, they can shoot 30 under at Kapalua. But just, <laughs> you know, the fact that you might be driving up a, a blind tee shot off a hit up a hill or yeah. a raised tee shot down and you've got this just morass of 60 yards of fairway ahead of you, mm. that feature is very plantation at Kapalua. And I still think there's there's little sections of Augusta in there. Just the fact that these green complexes can be very large, they can be very very contoured, and you you are heading into a lot of these complexes on a downhill lie, an uphill lie, or an uneven lie. That's that's Augusta, isn't it? And it's a long long golf course as well as as yeah. we've got this week. I think there's definitely Augusta National connotations to it. Don't shoot me down. Steve said it's all nice, no. But there's just these tiny elements across these courses. But yeah, I think Barry's 100% correct. I, I just don't see a correlating golf course that is very, very close to this. Mm. Um, course experience. A lot of the California guys have got it. I'm sure there'll be lists on Twitter going out there. Clearly Cantley will be mentioned. Brooke, uh, Max Homer shot a 61 here, didn't he? A Pac-12 event and all this jazz. Uh, I don't know if that's worth building into the into the metrics really, but they did also play the Walker Cup here. Uh, 2017, I think? Yep. And that team featured Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Maverick McNeely, I think. And uh, Colin, Mor Colin Morikawa. And they absolutely pulverised the UK and Ireland side. 
So there is some footage on YouTube of that. If you want, to, you actually want to see some young amateur golfers who went on to do great things in the professional ranks playing around here. Um, that will just give you a, a view. Of, I mean, even then the course was firm and fiery. It, it, it's got that linksy feel to it. Just, just, just the way that that course is allowed to. You know, they're taking those approach shot on the fairways, and you're just getting the dust flying up. Mm. You know. Not yeah. divots, we're getting dust here this week. Yeah, it'll be dry, won't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I thought we'd just quickly canter through our major championship finish statistics, Paul, that we you've already put up on the website. Yep. Why not? Uh, Brooks Kepka is number one. It's hardly surprising after he's finished second at the t- Masters in April and the PGA in May, 70.01 across all of the majors going back to the Masters in 2017. That is 23 majors. He averages 70.01. And that includes 2022 when he was awful and 2021 when he was playing on one leg and still finishing second, fourth and sixth yeah. across three majors. It's a machine. He is a machine. Scotty Scheffler is the only guy that gets anywhere near him. 14 events, 70.19. Rory McIlroy has jumped to third, 70.52. I mean, that is crazy, isn't it? That's a crazy number. Brooks Kepka over the last 23 events, or 25 in the case of Rory, because he hasn't missed any, going back to the Masters in 2017, has shot over half a stroke per round better than Rory McIlroy in third place. Madness. Colin Morikara is next up at 70.6 in fourth. Xander, 70.61 in five. John Rahm is in six, 70.68. DJ, 70.73. And Ricky Fowler is up to eighth. He's jumped to 70.75 in eighth place. Rounding off the top ten, Victor Hovland made huge strides. I think he jumped five spots in the PGA Championship last time out. He's up to ninth, 70.76 from 14 majors. Jordan Spieth rounds off the top 10, 70.79, 25 majors. No mention, I say this, every year, every major, no mention of Patrick Cantlay in any of those numbers. (laughs) Patrick Cantlay is below Hideki Matsuama, Justin Rose, Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed, Tommy Fleetwood, Kevin Streelman of all people, who's played eight majors. He's below all of those, 71.31. And yes, he finished ninth in the PGA, but as we said at the time, and I made it clear, that was the ultimate backdoor top 10. I think you can tell, chaps, I won't be putting Patrick Cantley up this week. Even yeah. though a hell of a lot of people will be. Uh, statistically you look at him and he ticks an awful lot of boxes every single time you look at him in these tournaments but as you say it's kind of a, just a flattering position generally yeah ninth back door last time out <sighs> you know could you take him with extended places and hope that he does sim- something similar you're not, you're not getting much of a premium on his price you never do so it's always towards the upper end of that market, and yeah, just it never excites me as a 
as a bet. It doesn't excite me as a golfer. It doesn't excite me as a as a bet. So, yeah. I've pulled some more raw data, chaps. Firm golf course top ten over the last five years, again from the predictor model. Tie for tenth. So this is performances for last five years. PGA Tour Open Championship. And who's performed best on firm releasing golf courses? Tie for 10th, Burns, DJ, Kepka. 8th, Hovland, DeChambeau. 7, Max Homer. 6, Tommy Fleetwood. A tie for 4th, Matsuama. And this one got me, Denny McCarthy. I'll repeat that. He's in the top four, last five years on firm golf courses, Denny McCarthy. And then there's a tie for 1st. McElroy, Rahm, Xander. Yep. McElroy's numbers always surprise me for Fern because logically, um, and just from eyeballing him, he plays his best golf on softer golf courses where he can just uh, you know, drop those approach shots to, you know, so they so literally just stop and he, you know, he just mops up from there. But um, he's evidently capable of playing on both sides both types it's when it's windy and firm that Rory tends to struggle a little bit if struggle is the right word uh, I'll, I'll end this section with par 70 setups the last five years again uh 10th tie DeChambeau and Fitzpatrick DeChambeau has been on every top 10 list I've mentioned Morikawa is in ninth Hideki Matsuama, Tony Finau, tie for seventh. Scheffler, sixth. JT, five. Tie for third. DJ Zander, tie for first. Brooks Kepka, Rory McIlroy. Mm. Mm. Now, there'll be a number of different variables that we'll put into the predictor next week. What if, if you were to pick one, Steve, what would it be? If you were to pick one of the variables that you'll allocate to this uh, to this event. I couldn't pick one. I think the most important variables are going to be firmness allied to technical scoring. Mm. I don't think the par 70 nature of this is overly important because, as we said, it's three par fives and five par threes. It isn't your standard par 70. You could describe it as a 71 in that respect. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, firmness, 100%. Mm. And uh, and the technical scoring side of it, the patient side of it. Yeah. And clearly, um, I think, as you need in all of these majors, you need a history of being able to handle major championship pressure. We do have a major variable, don't we? So we just... Yeah. We, we account for players that's worth using on the predictor next week just you know players that have that major mentality or I don't can, have it I think I can guess who's going to come top of that one <laughs> yeah so Barry sorry you were just about to jump in there I mean that, that the technical element kind of covers it in the majors, but I was just saying, going to say strokes gained, mental game, the one metric we always want but mm. can't get, or you know strokes gain, you know just r- mental resiliency. It's going to be a a patience test this week. I kind of feel uh, I could be way off wide of the mark here, but I feel like maybe looking at Shinnecock twenty eighteen could give a, a little. Yeah. 
you know, insight into to dealing with those really tough, firm, fast conditions. Yeah, um, agreed. But, but that could be a stretch. It's, it's just, it's very hard to to figure out. Completely different agronomy, but in terms of the course itself and the firmness of it, yeah, 100%. 100%. Right, we've got a live market here, chaps. Um, the first live market up for all the majors so far this year has been from Ball Sports. So in terms of the bookmaker we are highlighting on this 2023 US Open Research Podcast, it's Boyle Sports, the first bookmaker to have their live US Open market up and running now. Via their Pick Your Place facility, you will be able to choose between 8, 10 and 12 places each way at the 2023 US Open, all at 150 odds for the place. Even better for those of you who don't have access to a Boyle Sports account, and I know there's going to be lots of you out there that don't, Golf Betting System podcast listeners can take advantage of an exclusive new mobile exclusive uh, that's exclusive twice. Exclusive new mobile customer welcome deal. Register and place a first bet of £10. You then get £20 in free bets and a £10 casino bonus for those of you 18 plus in the UK. That deal is also replicated in Euro for those of you in the Republic of Ireland. Full details of this new customer promotion plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's available in the podcast description. Right, this is the live market right now. Eight places each way is their default. They will be offering 10 and 12 next week. Scotty Scheffler is the 13-2 favourite. We've got joint second favourites. Brooks Kepka and John Rahm. I agree with that because I'm seeing a lot of anti-post books still saying that McElroy is shorter in price than Kepka, which I find amazing. 11-1 uh, to 1 is Rory McElroy. We're then... Patrick Cantlay, 16-1, to 1, tied with Victor Hovland. What price do you think Xander is, Paul? <laughs> well, it, maybe not 22s quite yet, but I expect he's 20s. Oh, you bang on. 20-1 to 1 for Xander. 22-1 to 1 for backspasm Colin Morikawa. We're then out to 25-1 to 1 Jordan Spieth. And then 28-1, to 1, there's three. Matt Fitzpatrick, the defending champion. Max Homer, the California specialist, and Cam Smith. It's then 33 to 1 bar. Now, I'm going to be completely upfront with you. I've had a few anti-post bets on this, and this is my card. Now, we we backed Max Homer in January for this. We got him at 50 to 1. So that's just there. It's done. Uh, a few weeks ago, post PGA Championship, I backed Victor Hovland at twenty-eight to one. I'm liking that price right now. And I also, on the Betfair Exchange, have Bryson DeChambeau at sixty-four to one. He's now, I mean, just uh, the, the ball sports price is thirty-three to one. I think you're going to get Good larger investing. than Shambo. Yeah, I think you'll get 50s plus. with. Um, I think you'll get 50s, yeah. The extended 50s places. and 8s. 50s and 8s each way yeah, I think you'll yeah. get. If you're quick on Monday. Now, Barry, I know that you cannot be part of our Tuesday US Open tip show so we've now got a designated section, listeners, 
It's Barry O'Hanrahan's tips for the 2023 US Open. Over to you, Barry. This is so dangerous for the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm a little finger in the air. I I like, it's great having the home a bet. It feels like it's just a freebie at this stage because we backed it so long ago. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which is, yeah, it's nice having that running for us. Um, the other thing I will say, this is not, as we described, your standard major championship setup. This is very, very specialised. This could be where Max comes to the party because this is this is his arena. It's his area. Mm. It feels very Max Homerish. Anyway, I, over to you. I kind, of, I kind of like that we don't have to champion him up or push him, you know, prop them up with our, you know, back it up. But sorry, if I want to try to find the words, it's just the bets there and it's great to have it. Yeah. I'm delighted and I'm good with that. Let's go. Let's move on to the, the next mm-hmm. bets. Yeah. Uh, I, I have done some win onlys on the exchange, just sprinkled a bit around. God, I'm still, I can't um, escape the Tyrrell Hatton fascination at the moment. He's, what was it? Third in the overall scoring on tour. Or strokes mm. gained all round on tour this year. Yep, he is. It, it just feels like the win. The win is should be there soon. Is this the week? Is next week the week? Who knows? But I, I kind of like the odds on it, and you know, I like the way he plays firm and fast golf courses. the The patience might be the thing. So if he if he doesn't go into a triple vol- volcanic explosion. Um, Things could, you know, he could be there or thereabouts. He also, I'm kind of looking at Shinnecock. He went well in that 2018 US Open there. So that's my rationale for Tyrrell Hatton. Mm. Where did he finish there? Uh, Was he a, did he top 10 there or top, top 15? Uh, sixth. Tied, oh, wow. Tied sixth. Yeah. That's a weird so, old tournament, wasn't it? it wasn't, didn't Finau and Fitzpatrick go out in the final group? I could just use, of course, I could just use the uh, the uh, the ranking facility on our major championships um, page here, couldn't I, uh, couldn't I, Paul? Mm. Yeah, Brooks Kepka first, Tommy Fleetwood second, DJ third, Patrick Reed fourth, Tony Finau fifth, Xander and Hatton sixth. That was Shinnecott, 2018. Mm. Justin Rose. So assume... Assume, yeah, if that assumption about the two kind of playing out similarly enough, then yeah, you know, I really like the bet. But let's see what happens. I mean, I've uh, I couldn't resist backing Ricky Fowler. What? Yeah, Jesus. shock, horror. What was that? Uh, I got him on Carl at ninety to one. Oh wow! Had a, yeah. I couldn't resist it, obviously. Um, but there's there's a lot going on with Ricky's game. It's good. Uh, he's 11th in all-round in strokes gained total this season. And he's pretty high up in the driving distance, which I was looking at as well. Yeah, he's 32nd in driving distance, mm. which I think will help a lot this week. So if you can keep it, you know, if you can... Have your targeting right with that distance. It's going to help a lot. Ricky Fowler in the Ball Sports Market Live right now is 55-0 to 1. So, a good investment as things stand. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and a couple of others have done then uh, Shane Larry. Open Championship, you know, we all know he's won an Open Championship, but, you know, has that um, inbuilt links patience mm. in his game. Um, phenomenal short game. Hasn't been great recently. The putting's been the agitator for that, I think. And when you're not putting yeah, well, yeah, for sure. it puts even more pressure on the short game. So yeah, for sure. And, and they kind of one one feeds the other into a bad situation, and yeah. the, the pudding was has been the catalyst for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least that's what I'm feeling could be the case, and hoping could be the case. So, but you said last was the last outing there was. Um, yeah, I think it's scoring. The and then yesterday he was like 170th in the field. I know it's only 150. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating, but he was like it was like he was, like, was in the North Pole again. Um, Jason yeah. Day. DeChambeau, Finau, DJ, Lowry, Matsuama, JT, Cam Young, all 33 to 1. Yeah, yeah. there's a linksy feel to this, isn't there? There's there's going to be pace on the property. And yeah, mm. Shane's clearly an exponent of links golf, as you would expect. So I can see the logic, yeah. What did you get on Shane? The somewhere, yeah, a bit of a blend between 60 and 65, so about 62 and a bit. Yep, on the exchange, okay. And um, I've, I've added, I couldn't, I couldn't resist adding Siwoo Kim mm. purely because of the, the players' win, the firm, fast conditions, and he was on the exchange at you know, just under 150, so threw a few euro on it to see where, see where that goes. Mm. You soon know we see we don't you five holes in, you know. Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be like a ripping the bandaid off. Uh, yeah. It'll be either hurt, pull a load of hairs out and hurt, or it'll just be a clean yeah escape. So, I mean, I I, I remember the year he won that players. That was as firm and as far as you ever wanted. Yeah, yeah, it was. And of course, this court golf course is Bermuda grass until you get to the putting surfaces, which we know with Siwoo is is. By far, his most preferred agronomy. Mm. So that'll work in his favour. It shouldn't be. A, I mean, when you look, he's all right in strokes gain total this season. He's 18th on tour. He's just a little bit yeah. below um, average or zero for strokes gain putting. And if you can pick him up at you know over a hundred to one, I thought that was a nice kind of match merge of those two things. He's a hundred to one right now with ball sports, eight places each way. Mm. Barry, can I back you up with some numbers for Hatton and uh, Siwoo Kim? Absolutely, please make my <laughs> legitimize my picks. <laughs> it would be great. Uh, because both of them ended up on a um a very short list. I'm going back to your um excellent pre event trends preview, Steve, which I'm sure you'll post a link to in the uh, podcast yep. description. Um, there were a few trends that you plucked out um, all-round rating on a player's last outing. And um, 12 of the last 16 winners of the US Open ranked inside the top 13 of their previous start. Now, some players are playing this week, so of course this could change. But I've, I've taken a line in the sand based on where we are right now, excluding the event in Canada that's happening right now. So um, all-round ranking, last start inside the top 13. Um, top 25 for total driving on their last start. 
and also top 20 for strokes gained off the tee on their last recorded recorded outing as well. So if you pumped all three of those metrics in to the entire field and uh, whittled down a shortlist based on those, bear in mind you're losing the likes of uh, Scotty Scheffler, uh, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Max Homer. Sorry, lads, Max is gone from there. Um, you end up with nine players if you uh, go for those three metrics alone. Um, and those three players include Till Hatton and Siwoo Kimbari. So uh, you could be on to a winner. The actual, the final list was Rory, Patrick Cantlay, uh, Xander, Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, Till Hatton, Siwoo Kim, Mito Pereira, uh, then a couple of uh, real outsiders, Roman Langasque and Matthew Pavon who um, have been playing some tidy stuff from tee to green on the DP World Tour. But of the more fancied players, or the players towards the you know, the, the, the higher end of the market, both of your guys are on there, Barry, so uh, you could be on to uh, a winner, potentially. Okay, my compass might be pointing in a good direction for, <laughs> we'll for once, which is nice. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't know what to do about the the shorter guys mm. um if i add one there I, I i think i'd be maybe interested in adding speed yeah it does andy and i were chatting about this on his podcast this week he speed is very very live this week he's very live just that, he's just like you know, he'll just make those. If you're not, if you haven't backed him, you know, and Spieth is just making those outrageous pars, and it would just drive you nuts not being on him. Mm. Yeah, we did say though. We did say. I mean, there's ways of skinning cats. I get that, but we did say accurate driving, didn't we? Is what's ultimately going to unlock this for the winner. Mm. Is that Jordan Spieth? Not really, but yeah, it's it's hard to know. I could certainly I mean, see my, him being at the top of that that leaderboard in the bottom right hand side of the screen when you're tuning in on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I think he's I mean, he's I, been playing a lot better. There was this, there was all this thing about you know clearly the. He pulled out the Byron Nelson with a wrist injury. Then he came back. He played kind of okay at the PGA, didn't he? He wasn't, you know, he wasn't disastrous by any means. Um, he started slow, but actually kind of gravitated a little bit through the leaderboard. Mm. And then last time at Memorial, he was excellent. And that was firm and fiery. He was actually, get this, I mean, this is mad. He was second for driving, actually, at Memorial last week. Fifth for total driving. And tenth for ball striking. Wow. And the putter was absolutely ice cold. Mm. First for scrambling. Sorry about that. I should have it on strokes gain data, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm flying on the fly here. Piloting on the fly. Interesting. He's, he's a live guy, isn't he, Spieth? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and we talked about, ma- didn't we? We talked about, we talked about Kapalua, we talked about 
Augusta. If you want a player that's done well at both of those tracks, Jordan Spieth is all over it like a bad rash. He was fifth for off the tee, 16th for approach, eighth for around the green, fourth for tee to green at the Memorial. Lost just, uh, just he was just about neutral on putting, just under under neutral. So that tee to green game was singing. Wow. I can't recall the last time Jordan Spieth was second for driving accuracy. I'm scanning. I can't find him. That's mad. I think that's the best ever on the PGA Tour, potentially. Yeah, you know? Possibly. Oh, there was... Sorry. This is... That's crazy. I've gone all the way back to the 2013 Puerto Rico Open and he was first for driving accuracy. That's mad. Ten years. That's his highest ever, second highest ever rank in ten years. That's mad. Uh-oh, get your money on, boys. <laughs> Something's working. Something's clicked. I think I think I'm convinced into this now. Just yeah. I it, it's more it's more just I'll be so I'll be kicking myself if I saw him up there not having just a, a little exchange punt on him. What what where, where so let's say Go right to the top of the market. Let's talk about the the four at the top: Sheffer, Kepka, Ram, and McElroy. If if you'd one bet or even two bets on the four, who who would you knock off the list? Or who would you back? For me, it would be Sheffer and Kepka. So you you would back Sheffer and Kepka? Yeah, right. yeah. Sorry, I would back Sheffer. I phrased that terribly, but I would. Yeah, I'd, I'd pick Sheffer and Kepka out of the ahead of the other two. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Full house. Yeah. Well, if you yeah, said to me though, who do you pick out of Scheffler and Kepka? That's a far more mm, difficult yeah. selection. Yeah. That's a hard. That's a that's a terrible. I, I'd flip a coin all day long on that and still not be happy with the result. Well, the value's gone out of Brooks's price, isn't it? I mean, we we landed on him at a reasonable. Was it eighteen to one at the yeah, PGA? Yeah, eighteen. There to was still 20, this disbelief, you know. Nagels, bagels the night before was going on about. He would choke and it was only one event and all this, that, yeah. And then he just clears out the, the PGA. But the value's gone out of the price. But that's now a price that's a legitimate, he's an absolute dominating major champion price. Mm-hmm. That's the right price now. And the thing with Brooks is he, he's actually putting well, where Scotty is clearly... They said on Data Golf yesterday that this is the second best ever strokes gain tee to green season performance in the history of strokes gain data, apart from Tiger Woods. But his putting so so negative, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's astonishing. But all he's got to do is find that little field that gets him a little bit more comfortable. Mm. And... I, I mean, pars are your friends next week, or in, like that's the way it's. You know, mm. we kind of know the U.S. Open. He doesn't need to put incredible. He just needs to put a little less worse. Uh, neutral if does he it. Keeps up that long game. Yeah. Oh, neutral and keep and anything close to his long game, he is going to be a nightmare to beat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call, isn't it? But yeah, of the of, of the four, I'm I'm with you guys exactly the same. I, I, Rory, I think there's too much going on in his mind, and, and Rahm's not been the same since the Masters. 
So the, the other two are, are the kind of logical choice. You, you're dropping down to Patrick Cantlay then. We've already discussed um, and disregarded him. Um, so I think you're left with the, the two guys at the top. I don't know. It's tough. Well, it's kind of tough. I, I don't know. I, I, I get. I get the feeling it's you can't really get rid of Sheffield. That is the trouble. It's just whether you are prepared to pay the price. Can you get to him? If you're the kind of guy or punter that likes a, a bit of value in their prices, are you really getting the Scotty Scheffler? Or you're going to back a few at thirty to one or forty to one rather than mm. backing Scotty Scheffler. That's the decision you face, isn't it? But I cannot foresee a situation where Scotty Scheffler isn't in the mix on that Sunday. You just can't see it. Just out of interest, mm. I was I, I'm kind of vacant, but I was just seeing what Matt Fitzpatrick did with the putter last year when he won the U.S. Open. Forty second for strokes game game putting he was. Point quarter of a stroke gained with the putter yeah, each literally. round. Uh, sorry, right a quarter gained total. Mm. He was first for tee to green. Now that is the Scotty Scheffler model, isn't it? And I'm just I'm going to John Rahm. John Rahm was fifth for tee to green at Torrey Pines. And he was 21st for strokes gained putting. Now that's two US Opens we've looked at there. Um, Let's look at Bryson for a third. Tee to green first, 20th for strokes game putting. The problem is Scheffler's minus five, minus six, isn't he, for putting at the moment, or worse, and far, far further down the list. And that is that is the only question mark. That is the reason that he's going to be eight to one. Some brave bookies might go slightly higher than that next week. Um, because if he was putting even remotely better, then uh, it'd, it'd be a clear favourite. He lost eight and a half strokes with the putter last week at Memorial. He lost four and a half with the putter at the Charles Schwab. Yeah. Uh, at the PGA, he was in that kind of ballpark that would win a US Open. He was one and a half strokes positive on his putting. Well, that's, ranked that's, 38. Yeah, that's perfect. If he, he does that this now. week, he wins. Yeah. and the tee to green game clearly stays anywhere near it is, he wins, doesn't he? Mm, yep. I also think with Scotty, and I've said this for absolute months, and I'm, a, I'm sorry for being a parrot, Scotty loves the Bermuda grass agronomy. So they, this course plays into his hands, and yes, we know uh, his one bent grass triumph to date was on those greens at Augusta National. But he loves Bermuda grass, he loves those... Bermuda grass greens that or, that or, or greens that are overseeded with that power trivialist to take the shit put the sheen on them. So I think this golf course is pretty perfect for Scotty Scheffler. That has to be said. I think he's going to prefer this far more than he had the, at the test at say Oak Hill, which was that northeastern bluegrass poana kind of agronomy on on the approaches to the greens. Mm. This is this is where he's far more comfortable. Mm. So yeah, Scheffler and Kepka of the top four for me, yeah, undoubtedly. 
Is there anyone in that mid region, you know, that region that you really like? That that Cantley, Xander, Victor, Morikawa, Homer, and Cameron Smith and Spieth area. I mean, we've already said about Spieth. Have you got a sneaky anything sneaky about Cam Smith this week? Coming off a list. I've no I've no clue how he's playing. No, it's a difficult, isn't it? He Wasn't played it? quite well at the PGA the last 36 holes. All we kept seeing was him stroking the ball in the hole. Wasn't there, um, a, wasn't there a question mark about a wrist injury um, a few weeks back as well? Hmm. Some, something um, crops up in my mind. Could be off-putting. This, this feels like the, or the vibe we're getting from the course feels like the type of course he can do very well on mm. that firm fast you know lots of short game wizardry yep just i have no feel or vibe on how he's playing and for that i'll just you know i'm happy to kind of stay away with where i'm at with my other bets right now there's no compelling reason for me to back him no from what you're saying and what we've said, you would take Spieth at the same price over Smith. And I'm in the same case. I'm in the same category. Hmm. Yeah, I have no interest in Cantley or Shoffley. No. I've got no, I've got no interest in Xander. I've got yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I'll tell you one player I was going to mention, I can't believe I am mentioning him, but he's 150 to one in the ball sports market right now. And he and he he was prevalent in those firm stats. Is Denny McCarthy? So he's jumped away from my post-it note of Dune. And I'm now mentioning them in major championship <laughs> per preview podcast. It's gone from one extreme to the other, isn't it? Yeah. But McCarthy Huge upgrades it, on a course where you, if you you know Denny's pretty straight. He's not long. I'll get that. But on a game where short course wizardry could be very effective. And where actually driving the ball at least straight is a, a real benefit here if you can be accurate enough. I don't think Denny's a bad shout because you know you're not going to be seeing GIR numbers here at seventy-seven point eight, eighty percent, eighty-three point three. It's not going to happen. It's a U.S. Open. You know, players that are in their six, you know, sixty-six percent is going to be at the top of that category, mm. and that's where Denny just comes to the party, isn't it? Scrambling fest. Yeah, it's a short game. Yeah. And the hot putter. Yeah. Played well There's last worse bets out there than Denny McCarthy, I think. Coming off of second at the Memorial. Yeah. And he's being priced up with Mackenzie Hughes and Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I know who I'd take. Uh, anything else to say, chaps? I'm kind of out of material. No, I think we're good. See what happens over the next uh, few days in Canada. See if any other players pop into the consideration and then work out our final cards for the start of next week. Hmm. Indeed. Don't forget about that spoils, ball sports deal, um, listeners. Uh, that bet 10 get 20 plus 10 offer for new customers both in the UK and Ireland well worth it they're going to be having uh, obviously some very very attractive markets next week we will be back Tuesday 
Paul and I, with our final US Open selections. Uh, enjoy your US Open research. I hope the Canadian Open is going well with you and the uh, mixed Scandinavian. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. Goodbye. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system, the golf.